You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. My name is Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward and the big weekend is over. The OHL priority selection has come to an end and when you talk about deep drafts, I think we'll be looking back on this one, Colin, and, and definitely um, be doing a redraft um, when it's appropriate to do so because I think there are a lot of very good names, a lot of good names yeah. taken in later rounds than you might have thought. Um, just speaks to the amount of talent that uh, that this draft class has. So um, that's going to be the main focus of this week's episode, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it is the draft show, post-draft show, uh, I should say. Um, but we have some business to take care of before we get to that. Of course, the playoffs are still going on. And we have the Western Conference Finals preview all ready to go that's coming up in segment number two london knights and sarnia sting battle of the 402 gonna be a very energy wild best yeah. of seven series uh for sure so we'll look at that in segment two but I'm here you mentioned off. the seven parties i'm glad you mentioned the seven part of the best of seven yeah. series because that, that series you know is definitely going seven absolutely oh man we should go to game seven that'd be awesome um yeah. if it happens of course but uh monday night yeah, yeah, that'd be tough. But, I won't uh, be back yet. Oh yeah, you'll be gone. I forgot you're gone. Yeah, calling yeah, going get to back Florida. On Next week's episode oh, may be recorded on the beach. Uh, that is totally right. determined. So uh, there's a good chance it will be. There's All right. a good chance. Well, well there um, you go. All right. Yeah, there's a there's <laughs> a good chance. Uh, have a cold one and yeah. uh, watch OHL hockey. I mean, I'm bringing my Amazon stick to uh, watch the OHL because the OHL on the laptop isn't the same. So I'm bringing the Amazon stick yeah. for the TV. And, Do you uh, know if there's a TV outside? No, but I mean, I can just bring one to plug into the wall, connect to the internet. True. Yeah. The Amazon stick. I should do that on the balcony. Do it. Ooh, have a do setup. Yeah, have man. a setup of uh Get your own cooler so you don't have show. to go back inside for drinks. That's already what I got one. That'd be. Already got one. Hey, so for the... For the place I move into in July, um, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, which but I don't think we ever formally congratulated Colin Ward. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Colin Ward is not going to live at home as of July 1st. Yeah. So uh, yeah, congratulations to you and Liza. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. And moving uh, moving in July 1st. And, uh, well, I mean, today, champagne birthday, the 25th on the 25th. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, no, like, I didn't even know of a champagne birthday, to be honest. So things are yeah, changing. I, I, I didn't quickly. know that was a thing. I got a bottle here if you want to come over. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the KW cider. Um, oh, there you go. So should be a fun night. Yeah, I didn't Tuesday know that was a thing. Really show. Champion yeah. birthday. That's all right. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, when do you turn your age on the day? I mean, I'm pretty lucky. You turn 25 on the 25th. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty lucky. Yeah, that's, that's lucky. <laughs> 19 on the 19th would be crazy. Yeah. Mine, I was, I was six on the 6th. So yeah. that that that's been long gone for years. Didn't even know about it. Years, nineteen years ago. Yeah, my dad was two. Two second. Oh my second. god! My dad, my dad and I are a week apart, so he's May second. I'm April twenty fifth. So it's kind of cool. Seven days apart. Yeah. So well, well I think for, for me and my parents, my dad is late June. He's the twenty eighth, which is usually the last day of school too, with him being a teacher. Um, yeah, she likes that. Yeah, and then we go July sixth. My mom is August 12th. Hope she didn't hear me. Um, 
take an extra second there. But and then uh, my <laughs> nan, my nana's August twenty first, so wow, I a lot of them out of the way in less than on about two months or so, less than two months. So yeah, that's like us. That's like us here too, because my sister's April tenth. I'm April twenty fifth, mm-hmm. and my dad's May second. My mom's July thirteenth. So there's like three of us July. all within like a month. That's good. yeah. Well. What was it like? I always want. I always thought it was interesting. You know, when you come back to school mm-hmm. and they're announcing everyone's birthday, like in elementary school, they announce every single person's birthday um, that in the summer or before summer. I was yeah, but we did ours before. We we split it into two oh. days. So the July birthdays and or end of June and July birthdays would be like say the twenty seventh was the last day. Then they would yeah. be the August birthdays on the uh, on the twenty eighth. We're lucky though. We're not the youngest in our classes. That was Very, always yeah. the worst. That was always the worst. That and having the long, la- the late last name, like a like a W, that yeah. was sucked. Because yeah. like on pizza day, on pizza days and stuff, like we all, I was always last, always report card last. Yeah. And when you yeah, but I mean that might have been a good thing sometimes. Yes and no. Yes and no because you're sweating it out to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, and then everyone else is everyone else is looking at it. And they're kind of getting on you a little bit. So um, there's there's pros and cons. I liked it when they did the reverse order. That was nice. Yeah. Um, but I was always first, but I was always last in my class for the name, just because the last name. But did they arrange it by desk by last name too? Like the first day of a certain grade or whatever your teachers would do. Yeah, that. I really had odd. that like two or three times. It was dumb. Yeah, it made no sense yeah. at all. Because you'd have like <laughs> I was always like, at the max. Yeah, you'd get like three or four, three or four guys that would usually just joke around and have fun that their names just happen to be next oh, to each you know, other. So, like, you know, it gets rearranged quick. You know, oh it God, gets rearranged yeah. pretty fast. I think and the quickest we... I was rearranged was two days, two or three days <laughs> into school. We had to get separated. Yeah, yeah I was a talker too. Being yeah. a, I was always, I was always quiet in class until I got to high school. And then mm. I shared the chat a little bit as you get older. Um, and then you get your friends. So like me growing up, there's two elementary schools in Delhi. Than the main high school, right? So I mm-hmm. played hockey and I played hockey with a lot of guys. I played baseball with a couple of guys that went to the other elementary school in Delhi. So it was nice to finally be in the same class, like guys I grew up playing yeah. sports with. And then you're in the same class. It's hard not to. And then all of a sudden it accelerates from there. And then I had a couple of good teachers as well in high school that would always talk sports and get me going a little bit. So it was kind of fun yeah. um, getting it going there. T- I can shop, but yeah. Definitely. Uh, some days you miss that, you know, the glory days. Um, yeah. But always yeah, the fun. glory days when you didn't have to pay bills, you didn't have to be responsible oh, yeah. for anything. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah, those were fun. Yeah. And um, also, I just want to mention, I know we get in our thoughts of the weekend here, but it was pretty cool. On I know we're going to get into the draft, but it was pretty cool on Saturday um, being able to go to the Bulldogs facility and take part in the draft with the Hamilton Bulldogs, now Brantford Bulldogs, Um, that is – is there an officially the Brantford yeah. Bulldogs? Sorry, yeah, the Brantford Bulldogs <laughs> draft in Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't know how to phrase that, but that was really yeah. cool seeing the guys come in, seeing Jacob Bryan, um, Joshua Avery, Dylan Tesserta. Um, it was pretty cool seeing guys come in like that and uh, see how nervous they were. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty neat to experience that for the first time, seeing guys come into the facility because um, before with COVID, we weren't able to. And then this year, being able to be in the Bulldogs facility. Um, to see the guys come in and ask them their first questions. You can see how nervous they were. So I just want to mention that. It's one of my thoughts on the weekend. That was really cool um, to experience that. And they're so young, 15, 16 years old. I'm thinking, holy crud, that was like, we're drafting 07s now. Like next year's 08. So we're old, eh, Wardy? Well, these kids were a year older, not even born when the Red Wings won the cup next year. Yeah. That's scary. I know. That's scary. Like, 
Heck, I have the picture on my on my wall of Nick Lidstrom hoisting the cup. Like I remembered as yesterday. And I remember I remember oh eight when the Red Wings won because they won on a Friday night and on the Thursday night my dad and I went to the London Majors game in London, the IBL. Because we used to always my dad and I used to always go to the Red Sox games and the Branford was there and back when Branford that was a big rivalry. Branford yeah, yeah, exactly. And Brantford, London were so good. So back before where they would like bunt and stuff to move guys around and play all this like little league stuff. But yeah. it was really nice. It was really cool to see uh, the night before. And I remember wearing my Red Wings shirt every single day to school, that playoff run every single day. I don't think I took it off. I remember my Datsuk shirt um, when I got the winter classic Datsuk t shirt for Christmas. Nice. Um, in 2013, I think that's the Wrigley out. shirt, eh? That would have been a Wrigley shirt. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh wait, when he scored yeah. that beauty goal too, so it worked out yeah. even better. That thing was like ripped no, by the end of the playoff <laughs> run. Um, Thomas Holmstrom, because I remember with Little yeah. Caesars when they used to do you get five for like 35, mm-hmm. like five. so. I got a Lidstrom, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Holmstrom, and wasn't I don't think it was Osgood, Franzen, Hoshik. No, Hasek wasn't there. Forget who the fifth one yeah, he was. was. 2008? Oh, eight? Yeah, eight he was. Him and Osgood, right? Yeah. Who was the fifth? It wasn't Hasek. Oh, Ronwall? No. Rafalski? Brian Rafalski. Yes. All yeah, right. Brian Rafalski. Because remember in 2010 when he went to the Olympics and he lit it up and then he did nothing to try it? Yeah. <laughs> and then so Ryan Miller got scored on five holes. Shout out to my brother. Always got to bring that up. <laughs> what up, what up, Kane? <laughs> Uh, hey, he's getting married, so take it easy on Hey, bring that up in this Man, yeah, we're going on We're uh, Less than three weeks away It bring was three weeks this past Saturday Holy crap wow. Bring that up on the speech Bring that up on the speech, Man. you gotta get that in there That's the one OHL and 60 rule Rich Dumaney has to make in his brother's wedding speech The Ryan yeah. Miller goal Man, you know what's, you know what's funny In my speech, I have more jokes Than actual actual sincere words <laughs> I, well, I, It's kind I of bad Is that a bad yeah, thing I think, though? Like, yeah, but I think every single listener on this show would. Yeah, I think so Like, I think every, anyone would believe that So that's kind of cool um, yeah. I mean, heck, you gotta do it It's a good time, it's all about the memories of the wedding, right? So Congrats to them, and uh, yeah, that'll be fun for sure. The speech, yeah. uh, can't wait to hear about that one. Man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Ben to videotape it. Our our, our buddy Ben that we've been golfing, we play chill with, um, is in the wedding party as well. So um, we'll get him to film it, and we'll have to or shoot it, film it, shoot it, same thing. Same. Yeah, um, yeah, it should be fun. So, um, all right, I guess I guess we could get into it. We've done our daily banter for. For this week's show, uh, yeah, we'll a lot start, going on. Yeah, and we'll we'll start with players of the week, just so I don't forget that, and then we'll get into a couple of headlines here. Uh, we'll start in the blue paint, and actually, both these honors go to London Knights uh, players. But uh, OHL goaltender of the week goes to Brett Brochu of the London Knights, two and zero with a couple of shutouts as the London Knights knock off the Kitchener Rangers four games to one. All 25 shots sent Brochu's way were stopped on a Tuesday night victory um, at the odd. It was a 5 nothing win for the London Knights, and then it would be a 4 nothing victory on home ice at Budweiser Gardens to clinch their spot 
uh, in the Western Conference Finals for the first time since they won it all back in 2016. So um, shout out to the Bell River, Ontario native Brett Brochu for winning goaltender of the week. And Kojiko OHL player of the week is Denver Barkey. Five what points in two games. Yeah, one of the best names in the league. Absolutely. Uh, five points in two games, three goals, and two assists. He was also a plus four. And as I mentioned, that was a combined nine-nothing um, score in those two victories for the London Knights. So they sweep players of the week. That's the way we kick things off uh, on this week's it's edition time of, of the, the OHL and 60 podcast. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of a lot of duos from the same team, that's for sure. Um to a London Knights rival, sort of. The Guelph Storm have announced that uh, George Burnett will be staying on as the general manager. He has agreed to a contract extension lasting through the conclusion of the 2025-2026 season. Just get a quote here um, from the president of hockey operations, Scott Walker. Uh, George's success over the past six years with the Storm speaks for itself. And it was an easy decision to extend his contract as general manager. And if you want to read that full article, it is up on the Ontario Hockey League website. And of course, Gulf Storm have something up on their website as well. Also, we have a commitment um, in the U Sports world. Um, Alec Belanger will be heading to Dalhousie. University joining the Tigers. I always, I always get those confused. Dalhousie, uh, Deluzie, because there's a Deluzie Street in Brantford, and I'd always say it that way, and then people get mad when I start talking yeah. about the school, and it is what it is. Yeah, so, no, um, that got me too. Congratulations to Alec. Um, Going to continue his hockey career and his education um, with the Tigers, so that that's pretty cool to see. Um, also, as well, being you know part of the Bulldogs Audio Network um, and hosting – a Hamilton Bulldogs show. We thought we'd give an update on Team Canada at the U18s. Um, And I think minus the Sweden game, because I think everybody forgot that as soon as the final buzzer went off. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let's give a shout-out to... Yeah, yeah. Let's give a shout-out to to some of the guys that are competing for Team Canada from the Ontario Hockey League. That includes Colby Barlow, Callum Ritchie, Porter Martone, and, of course, uh, Nick Lardis. Yeah, the... (laughs) Some of these plays they're making, man, it is it's yeah. not fair. Yeah, and I know Barlow has a lot of eyes on him as well. I know I um, don't know how much I can say, but I know there was a couple of talks there between the Detroit Red Wings and Colby Barlow, so that'd be pretty cool. Um, Amadeus Lombardi already in the system, and I know Colby Barlow's hot on the Red Wings radar as well for what it's worth. So there's another pick there that would be massive. And I honestly, you could see going in the top ten for sure. I think he's the top player in the OHL. Come, I mean, go out of the OHL in the NHL draft this year. What a player! Um, remember that game? Remember that game this year at Owen Sound was in Hamilton, the snowstorm, and he got like five that we comfortably watched by. from home. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, that game. Remember, remember how when like Owen Sound basically had nobody dressed and you guys show up and get five points against a team over 500. I know it, like, he's so ridiculous. Like, some of these guys that you're seeing, like, it's it's more it's more skilled every year. I mean. Nick Lardis might be the most quiet draft prospect there is right now. I mean, nobody, only one person all across the CHL had more goals than him, and nobody across the draft, like in the draft board, that's higher than him other than Bedard. Um, 
had more goals than him since January 1st. So it's incredible to see how good he's been. And no one's talking about him. And it's crazy when teams are looking at him late first round and in between those second round picks as well, like early seconds. It's pretty nuts to see like how this guy's so under the radar. I mean, some of these guys from the O are like falling in the radar of the NHL draft. It's very surprising. I mean, it's such a good league, right? I mean, we have the best league out of the three, in my opinion, and one of the best development leagues in the world. It's kind of surprising to see how these guys aren't on the radar as much as we would expect. I mean, Colby Barlow has been incredible. Um, and I was thinking, like, Team Canada, the U18 kind of falls not in favor for the for Team Canada and Hockey Canada, for that matter, with the players still playing the playoffs. I mean, you look at you look at guys on London, right? You look at London. Yeah. Can you imagine if London was able to send Denver Barkey, Oliver Bonk, mm-hmm. possibly Easton Cowan? Like, yeah. there's a lot of guys that aren't at this tournament as well. Um, Wainwright and Sarnia. Um, I mean, Ottawa with a few, right? Like, Pinelli. Um, there's so many guys there that aren't Ethan there. That shit. In Kingston? Yeah. Although yeah. they're not in the playoffs. He is not there. Yeah. So it's just crazy to see like how many guys that aren't actually there, where how good this hockey Canada team could be, um, if they were actually there from the O. And I mean the development's just crazy to see, um, how good of the tournament this is and how good uh, the OHL is. When every year you see these guys at the U18s and just go off, mm-hmm. and uh, no surprise you're seeing that again. Yeah, or my apologies, uh, meet him already 18 years old. So um, yeah. He's a late birthday. He was in the you know, four yeah. um late birthday for the draft. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, I mean it's 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 wild to think, right? If you think he's he's eligible to go, you definitely um see him a part of that team. And I just want to also shout out uh Erie Otters forward Kerry Terrence um uh, being a part yeah. of Team USA. Um recording an assist in the Americans twelve to one dismantling uh, of Another nasty. Yeah, they have a couple guys there too. They have a couple yeah. guys there with OHL rights that you could possibly see never step foot on college campus just because to see what teams they get drafted by the National Hockey League. I mean, mm-hmm. those teams could send chose send them to major junior. So you could see a couple guys on the US team that would wind up in the Ontario Hockey League next season, possibly. Sure. So it's always cool to watch them play as well because then you get to get uh, get those guys on the radar because then you're not surprised when they come over and light it up. Yeah. Uh all right. We'll talk about the Eastern Conference before we hit the break here. Not a whole. We'll go over a bit, but we're not headed to round three there hey, yet. I want, the Western Conference. I want to talk about we'll the game of the year segment too. But uh, I, 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 I'm sure you're talking about game, uh, game number five between Ottawa and Peterborough. Um, yes. You know, a little deja vu against the Boston Bruins a number of years ago for the. You know, Toronto Maple Leafs, Peterborough pulling the best Leafs uh, impression there, blowing a three-goal lead in the third period. Ottawa Come wins 5-4. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Um, Ottawa forces a game six in Peterborough. Let's talk about that series first, Colin. And I think we, of course, this game will be over by the time this episode is airing. And if there is a game seven, that'll be yeah, when well. the episode is airing. But it, it feels like, if Ottawa takes game six, they're going to win the series back on home ice in game seven. Um, at least the way, at least from where I'm sitting and, and have been watching this series and watching that game number mm-hmm. five. I don't know about you, Colin, but that that's kind of the way it feels right now if Ottawa takes game six on the road. Yeah, 100% agreed there, Reese. I mean, it's interesting, right? It's such a tough job for Rob Wilson and staff after you blow a lead like that on the road. The best part is you're coming home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's big for Peterborough. You're coming home. You have home ice still in the series. I mean, you cough it up. You have the chance of winning game seven. The next night in Ottawa is tough um, with that trip. So it's a tough one to come back. But I believe that Monday night's massive, right? That's a massive game. Uh, that was the game of the year as well. In game five, I mean, 4-1, Ottawa just comes back all in the third period, I believe. And, yeah, all the th- four goals in the third period. That was incredible. What a game to watch. Um, you just see the momentum coming, right? Frankie Morelli gets one, all of a sudden it's 4-2, and it's like, okay, all right. Like, yeah, no, you just got to get one back. You just got to get one back, and then three minutes later, Brad Gardner gets one, and next thing you know, five. Okay, all right. So it's 4-3, and Logan Morris and the leader three minutes after that um, just continue to just – add pressure and then will greer um with the game winner at the, at the 17 52 mark three minutes to go in the third period um for the game winner on home ice i mean that would have been crazy to be there in ottawa what an atmosphere that would have been i mean you're expecting all right are we done here like wow like this is tough right like it's too bad it's gonna end like this and then next thing you know you come right back and those are good teams those are good teams there's nothing you catch momentum off that but the best part is for the people of pizza you return home for game six um, you're at home. Rob Wilson's been pretty good at adjusting in this playoff so far. Um, Peterbilt's been pretty good. They really haven't hit adversity. That's probably the closest thing they've had to adversity in the playoffs. And really, if you look back at it, you have to the end of the game and being around until I've been down for a couple of years and being around the post-game pressers after the playoffs, it's on to the next game. I don't think they really want to dwell on that. You just want to throw that out the window um, and uh, move on to the next game. You had a couple of days off, so that kind of helps uh, stall momentum a little bit. It's nice that you're coming home. But Definitely a do or die game for both teams, I would say, even for the team winning 3-2 in the Peterborough Pizza on Monday evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the next one, North Bay and Barry, and another series that we could have Late seen one. Barry up 3-1 to one, heading into game five in North Bay. But uh, it turns out the North Bay Battalion head back to Barry with a three games to two uh, series lead. And the game I, I'm talking about is game number four. At one point, midway through the second period, Barry Colts, actually, we'll look towards the third. Midway through the third period, or about seven minutes into the third period, Barry has a two-goal lead, three to one. And really, yeah. you talk about that, you know, getting the next goal and just taking the other team right out of the game. That's really what Barry was looking for, and they were they were unable to get it. Uh, we're looking at two North Bay goals within three minutes, less than three minutes. McDonald and Petrov tie the game. One of those goals uh, being on the power play, and then, the next goal wouldn't come until overtime, 243 mark of double overtime. Uh, Anthony Romani, uh, his fourth of the playoffs, would win it for North Bay. They head back to the Gardens, tied 2-2. They win game yeah. five at home with a lot of goals in a little amount of time in game number yeah. five. Uh, I should mention they, that was they the, opened that, it wide open there. Yeah, that ended that ended up being a seven to three final, but you know, at the at the midway point of period three, it was four three. Uh, Brant Clark had had made it four three about five minutes into the third period, and then North Bay would just go off for for three goals. Pasquale Zito, Dalen Wakeley, and and Kyle McDonald, kind of putting the icing on the cake there. Mm-hmm. Colin, um, you know, they head to Sadlon Arena, but is this the game that you saw North Bay take control of the series and push ahead of the Barry Colts and? Oh, there was frustration from Brant Clark in the Hamilton series, and we kind of saw it come out in game five against North yeah. Bay. Um, not to mention yeah. a bad situation, but um, just an incident with – not an incident, but 
there was a fan next to the Barry bench and what happened happened. There's a video. If you find it good for you. Um, But it just kind of felt like North Bay took control of this series in that game. North Bay took control of the series, I believe in game four when they won in double overtime. I mean, they all played Barry in that game, 53 shots um, in that game. And then game, then game five, they just, North Bay is just looking good right now. Right. They, um, I mean, they were vulnerable early on in the series. Um, Barry let them back in, and you're seeing just North Bay's depth against Barry, um, just taking it to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't. It'll be interesting. I mean, North Bay right now, and we always had them being the top team in the Eastern Conference. Reese, um, they just look unreal. And you know what? I just got to mention. I know you're on the same board here. Show guest Ty Nelson's been incredible in the series. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Seattle got a steal there. Um, you want to talk about steals, that's a steal. Um, and Ty Nelson, I mean, what a player. 15 points in 11 games right now in the playoffs. Um, he's just been so good, so effective. And he's so good with the puck. He's such a good skater. He's so strong. Um, he's never in bad spots. He's a guy that I cannot wait to see in the preseason. I mean, development camp in preseason in the National Hockey League next year. So he's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Like, he might be a guy. Like, obviously, it's hard for a defenseman to push to get nine games. Seattle's having a good year. But – He's might be one of the most underrated prospects. I mean, they have a lot of OHL prospects, but Ty Nelson may be the most underrated in that system. He's such a good player. Um, he's a treat to watch every game uh, when you get to watch him play. And I mean, he's so effective. And when you're looking at the series, I mean, Ty Nelson's been a game changer. I mean, Kyle McDonald, 11 goals in the playoffs. Like, come on. Like, that's not even fair. 11 goals. Like, that's mm-hmm. um, that's impressive. So, North Bay's really hitting their stride right now. And uh, look out for them. I don't think any team wants to play them, but eventually you're going to have to if you want to win the OHL championship. Because right now, I think the OHL championship goes through North Bay. All right, that's the East. Not decided, although could be by the time this episode airs. But the West has been decided, and that series gets underway Friday night in London. We preview it next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. Western Conference Final is set for the first time since 2016. London Knights will appear in the Western Conference Final. And for the first time ever, the Sarnia Sting will be in the Western Conference Final a team that you kind of thought would get there in 2018. You know, that was that was their year before this year where they went out and bought, and you, you kind of thought that they might break through there to the fir- for the yeah. first time. You're looking at their goaltender. I, I pulled it up. They lost in six games in the second round to the Kitchener Rangers, uh, the starting goaltender for the Sarnia Sting, Justin Fazio. Um, he ended up being star number one in, in the last win for the Sarnia Sting. Um, in that playoffs, if I believe. Yes, it was a 4-1 victory on home ice. Uh, Fazio gets first star, Sproviero second star, and then Sean Josling um, was the third star. And just looking at the roster, um, you, you think of who they had, Cam Deneen, Theo Calvis, uh, Jonathan Ang, Michael Pizzetta, Braden Guy, you know, Jordan Ernst was on this team. Uh like the, the list just goes on and on. Jordan Cairo um, was a part of that club. Hugo Lavinius, uh, just to name another yeah. one. And then, yeah, Fazio and Hughes 
the uh, goaltending tandem for this thing. It's just unfortunate they ran into the Kitchener Rangers, who also bought um, that <laughs> year. You know, that was the Cole Sherwood, was Connor Bonavin, Giovanni Smith, um, Adam Maskerin. Oh, my God. Logan Stanley, Logan Brown, Riley Damiani, Giovanni Velotti, Joseph Gareffa, Joey G. Yeah, um, that was yeah. a tall test. But uh, a lot of people had a lot of hope in the Sarnia thing that year that they may get uh, to the Western Conference Finals because they did end up buying. It's just unfortunate they ran into a hell of a Rangers squad. So they get the opportunity now. They're going up against the London Knights following a 4-2 win over Guelph in round one, a 4-0 sweep of Saginaw in round number two. London Knights only losing one game so far in the playoffs, and that was to the Kitchener Rangers following a sweep of the Owen Sound attack. But we kind of talked about it during the break here, Colin, and goaltending I think is one thing that stands out right away. Um, When you think of the amount of depth that each team has up front and on the back end, you really think that it's going to come down to who's the better goaltender uh, during this series, Brett Brochu or Ben Godreau. Yeah, that's that's what it's definitely going to come down to because, you know, you got two studs on the back end. You got Logan Mayu, Ethan Delmastro, and shut guys down. I mean, Delmastro was exceptional in that four-game series against the Saginaw Spirit that seemed like it ended like a month ago now. Yeah. Um, he was incredible. And then you got up front, right? You got Double Blues, Voight, Burke, um, and et cetera there. I mean, very good. They're very good up front, sorry. And then you look at London where they're very good up front as well. I mean, you got Winterton. You brought him in for a reason. brought in George Diaco for a reason. You have Sean McGurn. Um, those guys can score. Then you got Cow and Bark. You have been playing very well. Uh, who I feel like in the playoffs, I feel like you mentioned the guys that are hot all the time because they just play good. And uh, those guys are red hot right now. And um, the, uh, there's another two on London's side. So it's so evenly matched. And I mean, it's going to come down to me is how, what's going to happen in net. It's going to you're going to need to steal a couple games. I mean, Sarnia was incredible defensively against Saginaw. London was incredible defensively against. Kitchener. I mean, Kitchener didn't even look like the exact. They didn't even look like the same team that played Windsor. I mean, Kitchener was frustrated from game two. Game two, they were complaining about calls. That's when you know it's going to be a long series. If you're that frustrated after losing game two, you know it's going to be a long series. How often do you see a team complain after game two to win a series? Mm-hmm. Not too often. And um, there's a lot of frustration there. I mean, that's just because London was so good and London just outplayed them. I mean, they outsisted them all year, you could argue. Um, the London Knights did over the Kitchener Rangers. So it's not really a surprise. Um, but this series is going to be different for these two teams. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a playoff series. And perhaps for the first time, which I think is another highlight to make in a series, which team is going to bounce back from adversity? Because this is going to be longer than five games. This series is going to be longer than five games. And it's going to be, if when you hit adversity, can you bounce back and win that next game? Because that next game is always the big one, right? When you lose a tough game on the road, or at home, are you going to be able to bounce back and win that next game on the road? Are you going to be able to do that? That's You're going to have to do that in, in this series because there's going to be teams in vulnerable situations. We saw that in the second round with North Bay and Barry, how it looked like North Bay was out in the first three games, and all of a sudden they go win a big game in Barry, and all of a sudden you're up 3-2 with a, with a chance to win at home in game seven if it goes there. So they've just been great. Um and that's this Western Conference final is going to be like that. What team can bounce back after losing? Because you're going to lose games, and possibly for the first time in this playoff, um, a team being down in the series is going to be nuts as well, right? Like, how are you? Gonna, 
how are you going to be able to overcome that? Which is another thing I want to see. Because I feel like sometimes, recently, you see this all the time, where a team loses the first game, all of a sudden they lose the next game, right? Because you're just vulnerable. Um, and you haven't been in that situation. And it's, coaching's big. Um, I'm not worried. I think with Alan Latang in Sarnia, I mean, a young coach, there's a lot of eyes on him in this series. I mean, it's definitely a coming out party if he wins this series against a lot of Knights. I mean, being who's behind the bench for a lot of Knights and Dale Hunter, who's one of the all-time wins leaders. I mean, everyone knows who Dale Hunter is in the Ontario Hockey League, um, and it's rightly so. So it's going to be interesting to see because you know London will be able to bounce back when they lose games because of the coach. It'll be interesting to see how Sarnia reacts if they get down in a series. Can they overcome it? And can they keep their head on straight in those series when they hit uh, when they hit um, adversity? Because that's the one thing in the playoffs, right? You can go so quick. You, you can be cruising along just fine, then all of a sudden you hit traffic. And uh, it's hard to overcome. So it's just important to be a steady Eddie. And uh, it'll be fun to see what happens for sure. It's going to be a really good series. So who wins? In your opinion, who are you taking? How many games? And this is tough. This is really tough because all year, all year I said Sarnia. All year I said Sarnia. And they built, Sarnia built to win, but so did London. Sarnia is really good. Sarnia is really good. Are they going to be able to win the first or second game? They've been off for a while. And you can't really say that because both teams have been off. Both teams have momentum. In this point of the playoffs, momentum, I mean, you're in the third round. Both teams have momentum going to game one. What team can really set the tone? It's going to be interesting. And one thing I'm trying to think is, can Sarnia win a game at the bud? If they win game one, they win the series. Can they do it? That's the thing, right? In London in the playoffs. Heck, I, I don't know. Do you, have a, do you have your pick? Oh, I've got my pick, absolutely. All right, you make your pick. Can I come back to me? I've got to think about it. Yeah, um, I think the Sarnia Sting win. Um, they're my pick to take it over the London Knights. And I I think it's going seven. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a game seven winner for the Sarnia Sting um, on the road at Budweiser Gardens. Um, I, I had them from the start making the OHL finals uh, yeah, going up against North Bay. So, so Sarnia in seven. Perfect. All right. I had Sarnia too, but it's tough. So I'm looking at the power, the special teams. London's power play right now is third. And they were, they were humming. They were humming against uh, Kitchener. They looked really good against Kitchener um, in the power play. Penalty kill. Sarnia has the best penalty kill. London has the 11th ranked penalty kill. So special teams, power plays are pretty even to the penalty kill. London has the 11th, or London has the 11th power play. Sarnia has the 9th power play. So it's kind of interesting, right, to see how 11 versus 9, there are special teams, and then 1 versus 3. Just mm-hmm. kind of interesting as well. So special teams is even. Everything's even in the series. Heck, and I've taken Sarnia all year. I've taken Sarnia all year. So Sarnia does have one win at Budweiser Gardens this year. Um, yeah. It came February 17th, a 3-2 win. Um, shootout. It's actually played back-to-back um, Fridays in London. That second Friday, they lost in a shootout 4-3. to um, Yeah, I was thinking about And that. it was a 4-1 game earlier in the year um on, yeah on new year's eve what's this what's the season series do you have the head-to-head sorry yeah no no that's fine so so london won two to one at budweiser gardens yep 
Um, in Sarnia, we are looking at London being one and zero, London being two and zero, London being two and one. Sarnia won six to one on home ice March third. So London did take the season series. Yeah, two um, one. So if we're looking at it, they won it four to two. Although yeah. there were a couple extra points there, won by uh, Sarnia, but yeah. Mm-hmm. This is tough. If London's going to play that defensive, like that good defensively, if they did against Ketcher, I'm going London. Do I trust them to do it in the playoffs? I mean, it's hard to go against Dale Hunter with their adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. I like Bro Shoot. I like Godro. It's tough. You know what? I'm going to go London in seven. I, this All is right. going to be a fun debate. This is going to be a go. fun debate. Finally, about 10 minutes of running time trying to pick, make my pick, but it's that close. Honestly, it's that close. I legit was about to get a coin out to a coin toss. <laughs> um, everything is even. Everything is even. Um, I'm going to go London in seven. All I right. think if they can play that good defensively and if Dale Hunter can be a mastermind running the bench, which we have saw him do in the playoffs against Sarnia, I – you know, you see a lot of stuff in Sarnia, and I mean, they've never went through this, and they have a good group there. It's tough to pick against this thing, especially having them in the Ontario Hockey League final against North Bay Battalion. But I'm gonna go London, London in seven. Right. So that kind of did a one. That kind of did a three sixty from oh, the man. start of the playoffs. But I'm going London, London in seven. All right. I trust Brochu. Hashtag show guess. <laughs> Got to get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got Sarnia in seven. Collins got London in seven. It should be, um, I w- I would say the best series of the playoffs that we're probably going to get. Um, I think that's a pretty fair statement. I mean, we've had a had a couple good ones to date. I mean, Flint and Saginaw I think is the best one as of right now. Um, but I think this London Sarnia will top that one. So, yeah. Have your say. Let us know. Reach out to us if you think we're wrong or if you think we're right. Do you think it's going to be a sweep? Do you think it's going to go seven? Do you think it's going to go six or five? Let us know um, at the OHL and 60 podcast on Twitter. We'll have it out on social media too. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Before yeah, Friday, we will. Probably, Thursday, probably Thursday. Probably Thursday we'll have it out. Thursday yeah. we'll probably have our picks out. Yeah. Um, Thursday afternoon. Yeah. But uh, all right, it, it is time for the draft. We got to get to all the players taken in round number one and maybe some steals a little bit later on in the draft. Uh, but I got to fill up my water bottle here. So we're going to take a break. Uh, so when we come back, we will look at the 2023 OHL priority selection right here on the OHL in 60 podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. Time to recap the draft. And what a weekend it was. OHL priority selection is in the books for 2023. The new setup, I kind of like. Um, I don't think something we've expressed in the past, but uh, it is. Uh, I think it's very underrated, the fact that they have gone from everything at once to one and three on one day and four through 15 mm-hmm. the next kind of not shortened the timeline, but 
made it a lot more enjoyable for fans, I think, made it a lot more doable for teams, front office, uh, staff, players, um, you know, especially in terms of getting guys to ranks, right? And we can speak on behalf of the Brantford Bulldogs having their first two picks come, oh, this is funny, come to Hamilton uh, to first Ontario Center um, and get their Bulldogs colors, get their Bulldogs gear and meet the staff, meet the media. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. So we're, we're going to go through all the first Absolutely. round picks and then kind of look at who we liked in terms of winners, kind of, but who we thought had a good draft. Top three teams. Yeah, and who we thought kind of came out on top following um, this weekend, although I'm sure you would look at London and Sarnia, and they would say they came out on top because they're going to Western <laughs> Conference Finals. But yeah, uh, London's, <laughs> London's pick. Yeah. London's pick. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> and, I, man, and I saw that, that coming. I yeah, saw that called coming. that one. Yeah. Because I had more going to Saginaw, and if you didn't go to Saginaw, you knew where he was going. Yeah, exactly. Like... Exactly. So – uh, we'll start at number one, and uh, Erie actually did a really nice job. And shout out to the Erie Otters for having a draft party um, and yeah, a draft I love celebration that. with their fans. I think that's really cool. I think a lot of teams should start doing that, wow. if not all teams should start doing that. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there should be. No, honestly, honestly, I, I'm just going to say this quite frankly. The, the league needs to push more draft parties. We need to have more draft parties. And it's just – I don't know why there isn't, but if there's something holding it back, that's the only thing I could think. Why don't we have more draft parties? Is there something holding it back? Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you right now, like, the Brantford Bulldogs moving to Brantford, you know how cool that would have been to have it at Civic Center on the stage there? Yeah. That would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. And, um, by the way, anyone coming to Brantford next year, hit the stage up um, – before the game, uh, select be games. We'll be, yeah. yeah, select games. We'll, we, Reese and myself will be there doing the pregame. So come on by um, and get in on the action pregame, and it should be a good time um, in Brantford. So come by and uh, get involved because we're definitely going to have a lot of fan interaction in there as well. Yeah. Um, and it'll be a great time. But we need to have more. We need to have more draft parties. I mean, absolutely. In Erie, I love what they did. I mean, with the first pick, I love the Thursday pick, first pick. Yeah. Thing. I love that. That's that's been going on forever, and it's going to keep continue to go on forever. The only thing that's funny is on Friday night the draft itself. I know obviously you select the pick, you select Matthew Schaefer, but it's funny when they take the clock five minutes into the draft. That's hilarious. You know they tell you know they tell the Erie Otters to do that, but why? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Sue knows who you're picking. I mean, heck, I had the first eight players right. Like you know the first, and I only did it to eight on the uh, ranking because of the Brantford Bulldogs, that is. so. Um, but well, th- you knew the way it was going. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, I think a lot of the talk about trying to get more excitement around the draft, get more fans involved, do what the Q does. Put it in an arena. Yeah, we need that. Like, yeah, it's not like we're talking the WHL where we're over – four provinces and a couple of states in the u.s you know we're we're not quebec where we're looking at the maritimes and all of quebec like like it's the province of ontario yeah it's the province of ontario erie and saginaw and flint and they're like between those three american teams we're looking at combined total of what maybe four hours to get to canada 
maybe yeah, invite I, think, the player. I think it's I think it's an hour and a half um from Erie to the uh Fort Erie border and then I think it's another yeah. hour hour and a half depending on if you're coming from Flint or Saginaw so and to be honest to be honest this is no knock at anybody Reese but I would rather watch the player go down the stage yeah. meet the team himself than doing an interview in Toronto miles away from the team facility yeah, that's another thing that kind of bugs me. Why don't we? Why don't we have a main draft? So, can you imagine? Obviously, it's kind of tough to do that with a host because of the playoffs being on the arena availability. That's yeah. kind of hard. But can you imagine though? Let's say if the Niagara Ice Dodge were hosting the draft in Niagara, it would be a, there would be a scene there. There'd be yeah. a there'd be a good contingent there, and. And it's so, a venue that has numerous concerts, numerous events. They have yeah. a stage that we could that could be set up for guys to go down. Absolutely. Like the, the seats retract at the one end. It's not yeah. like it hasn't happened before where they've yes. had events with stages at the end. So, so and you know, a lot of these buildings are built for that, you know, minus so you look, now Brantford, um, really, because there's no way in heck you could do that. But so you, it's, you it's, just, it's, that, just, right? it's just another event on the calendar, right? The draft lottery is, is, a, is a success already. We're already looking at, two years of the draft lottery and it's gained more popularity well, than parts of the draft itself. Well, and then you look at it, right? So Ryan Rubrick goes to, let's say if it's in Niagara, I'd rather see him in Niagara and meeting the yeah, staff for of sure. the Niagara ice dogs. And with everything coming around that, I mean, does he go, does he come? He's coming for sure. I mean, I'm yeah. going to put that out there. I mean, he's going to be a nice dog, but, but he, he he's going to be Niagara there. ice dogs. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine, but I'm just putting that out there. I would rather see that than, and it's no offense to the thing in Toronto. I mean, I love the draft show. I mean, you watch it all the day, but why don't we have, why don't we have live in Niagara where similar to the NHL draft? Why aren't we doing that? Yeah. Like you're kind of handcuffing yourself here. You're minimizing the capabilities here to grow a content. I mean, you think about it, right? Um, with the, with every, all the media that could attend that, um, that would attend that as well. Why mm-hmm. do we do that? Why do we not get as many voices out as we can? So I don't. I'm not a fan of that. Of the having in Toronto, I get why. I mean, head offices there, I understand, but you kind of have to. Let's let's get more uh, let's get more revenue for the league elsewhere, right? Let's yeah. get people in seats in Niagara. Let's get. I was going to say positive way. Well, and that a draft sounds like a ten dollar ticket fee, and people can get in. Yeah. That's that's not yeah. an event that you have Generally. to feel like you're the NHL where you charge one hundred and fifty dollars to go see the draft. Exactly. Like ten dollars general admission. You know, first come, first serve for seats. That yeah, we're going to sell three thousand uh, tickets. Yeah, there's extra revenue. Exactly. So why? And and again, I'm sure I'm sure you might get more sponsors. You know, obviously it's presented by the Real Canadian Superstore, but you can still have additionals unless there's you know a a stipulation in the contract that says that you can't, which is obviously you can't do that. But I I don't. To to me, it sounds like a good. I think players would appreciate it. And I mean, a lot of these a lot of these top first round players that you see drafted that go to those. Uh, go to the office in Toronto and have interviews done. You know, more than likely, you're going to see their names called at the NF- NHL draft. I almost said NFL. That's bad. Um, get although, it this although that's this week, so that's probably why. Um, yeah. right. But, you know, you're more than likely going to see them at the NHL draft being called on stage. But 
you yeah. know, for, for all first round picks in, in in this case, in this year's draft, you're looking at 22 first round picks. That's that, that's a dream come true that it may be the only Absolutely. time that happens. 100% agreed. Reach 100% Again, agreed. The, just our two cents. I think it's just, we think it's another event that, could uh, be put on the OHL calendar. And again, it's already there with more, the draft. They do the first, you know, they've improved it by putting that first through third round on another day. And then the fourth through 15th on a, on the Saturday. But I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool if we had to absolutely had it in an arena. So I agree. 100%, 100% you get more voices out there. You get more eyeballs on there. It's a lot better. Um, it's a lot better to have an event. I mean, the league needs that. I mean, it's too cookie cutter. I mean, it's, yeah. honestly, I don't want to get in too much all of this, but it's kind of dinosaur. Um, it's kind of like to a point where some of the things we do have been going on for too long. So it's like, all right, oh, this event's here again. Oh, okay. It's a lot. We're going to have to do the exact same way. Why don't we change things up, right? Um, you got to make it more of an event. You have to make more events with the times changing. Um, with everything being what it is right now in the world, um, you have to make more events. You have to make it as an attraction. I mean, Niagara didn't get the Mem Cup, so they host the draft. That would have been pretty cool. You're hosting an event, right? Yeah. And it kind of it kind of shows that a place like Niagara or Sioux or Kingston could host that event or Erie, right? Erie with the stadium there. Um, that would be a good spot as well. Those four teams that didn't make the playoffs could have been host. Obviously, you need to have the host before the end of the season, but – those four teams would have been pretty good to host. Um, and I just look at it like, hey, well, I, I Oshawa. Think, and I think that's where you take it for the draft is you just pick it and then there's no games that weekend, maybe except the yeah. Sunday. Um, yeah, you need to play on the Sunday. You know, but you just take the Friday and Saturday off. I don't, That's not a huge deal. I mean, we'd yeah. love to be watching OHL playoff hockey on a Friday and Saturday night. Absolutely. Wow. Hey, but, you want to you you want to get you want to push my uh, strings here. You want to hear a good one? Push so, your what? So, <laughs> the strings on the backpack that keep coming out. Oh, all you right. Know, I got gotcha. yeah, yeah. Then you want to you want to you want one that really got me going this weekend. Why aren't we playing on Sunday? The day after the draft. Why are there two games on Monday night and not on Sunday? Like, what are we doing? Like the Ottawa 67s haven't played it, never played a first round game at home. The series switched to Peterborough, switched well, scenes to Peterborough, but well, well, why are we playing Sunday night? That's the thing. People can complain about the back to back, but if we see a game seven in either series, um, it is the next day. Yeah, so, why not Sunday, Tuesday? Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that. That really got me going. That really pushed my buttons this week because what are we doing? Like, Sunday night, it's the day after the draft, and there's no game on. I get that, but I would like to see more games on the Sunday night after the draft continue to draw audience. Yeah. You know, you have max views on Friday, Saturday for the draft. Let's get the, let's keep the league going here on Sunday. So I don't agree with that one either, but hey, let's get into the draft before we go way over time. All right. Um, yeah, we'll be there anyway. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, Matthew Schaefer, number one of the Erie Otters. Uh, game-changing defenseman, um, yeah. for sure. The Erie Otters ha- have a special player in, in Matthew Schaefer, and you know, kind of, kind of a little tough to tell the difference between him and his older brother Johnny. And I mean, yeah. obviously, you can tell who's who, but a lot of similarities um, physically 
um, between the two. Matthew, a little bit taller than uh, than Johnny Schaefer was. Who I think Johnny Schaefer is still one heck of a defenseman um, in his time with the Ice Dogs. You know, played a big-ish role in their run to the finals in 2016. He scored a huge goal in that playoff run um, in his rookie season and just kind of built the rest of his career. And I, one of the players yeah. I enjoyed interacting with, one of the players I enjoyed talking to, interviewing um, on a daily basis with the Ice Dogs. So, you know, good for him and good for his family. Um, and Matthew, Matthew Schaefer going first overall. And, um, I just want to, me- yeah, and I just want to mention a story that um, that I'd known being with the Ice Dogs in 2019, and then you know I heard it on uh, on Friday, the Friday or Saturday, I can't remember the day, but um, our, our friends over at the Armchair GM Sports Network, the Dog Pound Podcast, they were live for Friday and Saturday at the Meridian Center. Um, for coverage of the Niagara Ice Dogs draft. And, you know, I heard Ted Lehman, their uh, radio voice, uh, the true voice of the Niagara Ice Dogs, um, you know, tell a story about the Schaefer family. And uh, there was a, you know, there's a kid who was battling cancer at the time. And I think he's beaten it, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double check with Ted. But uh, Adam Egeter, the Egeter family, um, the Schaefers were a huge part of um, what he was going through. Um with his cancer and, you know, guys like Jonathan Schaefer, uh, Elijah Roberts, Akil Thomas at times would yeah. you know, be asking about, you know, whether or not they could go visit him at the hospital. Do the parents need a break? Um, and they could take over and hang out with Adam. Um, John Schaefer was there for a lot of the time and his, his parents were the same asking about Adam, asking how he's doing. So um, that just speaks to the type of family that the Erie Otters are getting the type of player and person that Matthew is. And of course the support he's going to get from his brother, uh, Johnny. So um, not just on the ice, you're getting a good player, but Matthew Schaefer is a good person. The Schaefer family, they're good people. Um, So if you're an Erie Otters fan listening to this, don't be afraid to go up, talk to the Schaefer family. If you see them. And I mean, there's probably tons of photos um, from draft weekend from Matthew. So um, feel free. They're, they're really nice people to talk to. And uh, uh, you'll really enjoy what he does on the ice. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know Matthew, Matthew's um he's great off the ice. You know it's funny how Matthew said in his post draft in his speech there with the Erie Otters, he was welcome to Erie, and he mentioned that you're going to see my family around, um and don't hesitate. So it's funny you mentioned that you yeah. saw in the draft interview. He also said that as well, where you're going to see my family around, and they will be around. So that's nice to see um the impact they will have in the community as well in Erie. And I mean Erie, that's a great spot for him to be as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't think we have to go too much into what Schaefer is going to provide on the ice. A lot of, a lot of stuff has been said about the talent that he is. Um, he, he, he's the next star for the Erie Otters. Um, yeah. he's, he's going to lead their team um, towards competing for a championship. And Erie really hasn't done that since that big core has left the radishes uh, to bring it Strom. Yeah. Um, so, and they're looking to get that started again, Dave Brown and company. So, uh, Matthew Schaefer, um, I think the uh, the absolute best choice to go first overall in this year's OHL. Yeah, 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 yeah unanimous leader. The unanimous yeah. leader. He's been great all year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Not much else to say. He's been no. elite. Yeah. Uh, number two, Ryan Robrick to the Niagara Ice Dogs from the London Junior Knights. Uh, was up for exceptional status last year. Did not get it. 
Um, ends up still having a really, really good season this year with the, the London goal. Junior Knights. Uh, falling short, of course, in the OHL Cup and the Alliance Championship, but a uh, uh, really good player. And Ni- Niagara needs a, a, a franchise player. Really, we haven't looked at a first-round pick that has worked out for the Ice Dogs since Philip Tomasino. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the last key contributor, key um offensive talent that they've had and have been able to develop, right. You know, Phil Tomasio being a Nashville predators um, player and, you know, high prospect at the time when he left the OHL. So, you know, Ryan Robrick is going to be looked at as that next guy. And I mean, there's pressure that comes with that. Of course, you're looking at a team that was dead last for a lot of the year last year. You're hoping that you can just be a part of the new culture around the ice dogs and, you know, that new core that's going to get the brand back into place and where it should be in Niagara, get the well, fans back in seats um, and interested in the team and get the team competing again. You know, whether or not it's this year or next year or this coming year or the year after. And I mean, you know, you're yeah. still looking at a tough road ahead uh, this coming season for the Ice Dogs, but this is a start. Yeah, it's earned. Yeah, this is a start. Yeah, for- yeah, Ryan Rubrick, he's definitely a positive. I mean, he'll be going there. I mean, he's going to be a Niagara Ice Dog. Um, but by all means necessary, he's going to be an Ice Dog. Uh, there's going to be a lot there that happens, a lot of change of culture for the Ice Dogs. I mean, the Ice Dogs, the most biggest part, I think, about their draft is they need to get commitments. They're going to get that. Yeah. Um, by all sounds, they're going to get that. So that's huge um, for the Ice Dogs and what they want to do. I mean, Ryan Rubrick and Kevin, he could be pretty good um, yeah. next year in the second Next year in the second half of the season, I think, could be pretty good. I mean – I, that's the thing. Kuabara, he's a veteran coach. He, he's been around multiple different leagues. He knows how to coach in this league. Um, the big thing to me is, can, don't rush him. Don't rush him. Don't put him in a spot where he has to be the first line guy right away. Niagara, their big thing is, they, I feel like they rush guys, right? They throw guys right into the fire and they rush guys. They don't develop. They don't stick with the development um, enough. And it's a development league and you got to get there, right? Um, it's not a race to the finish, right? It's You got to get to the mountain. It takes time. Um, and Niagara, most definitely. I mean, it's earned. It's definitely going to be earned to see how good this team is. I mean, I don't have any expectations for them right now, um, quite frankly, going into the season. And I think that's fair for them. I really do. I mean, why would why would I put expectations on them after last year, the last few years? I mean, I shouldn't have last year well, either. Well, uh, I, this I mean, year. I, I think Darren made moves to get people excited about the team, I think. They tried. Uh, you know, like yeah. we, we thought they were – the roster they had, should, they should have made the playoffs. Yeah, where they started the year. No. Yeah, but then that's, the coaching. Yeah, and then, then the you, coaching. You get a rookie coach, and then you have three different coaches in one year. You make a whole bunch of trades because certain guys don't want to be in Niagara anymore, and then the yeah. season falls apart. Um, and honestly, I don't think the brother. I, honestly, for that matter, with Rubric committing or not, I mean he's going to go. But it was. It doesn't even sound like it was a current ownership situation with his brother so yeah i'm just gonna put that out there i mean so for anyone saying about that he's not gonna go um it doesn't even sound like it i mean i know the families of the ownership for the current ice dog family is actually close to where rubrics are from so they know each other um mm-hmm. uh, personally as well so i mean it's almost like they did dylan a favor that when ryan's brother um giving the opportunity to oshawa so there's no bad blood there by the sounds of it. And obviously there isn't because Rubik's going to be going there. So yeah. um, congrats to the Ice Dogs and congrats to Darren Dobler and West as well. They're, 
um, get this train on the right track, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you just got it one one draft at a time, one move at a time, and you got to be smart. You can't give away all the picks. You can't have no cards left in December. Yeah, I mean, no that kidding. was that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Um, yeah. Stuff like that, stuff like that is the reason why you finish in last place. Um, yeah. So you got to clean that up. And I have no expectations for them coming into the season. I'm not going to give any expectations on them on the year. Right now, going into the season, they're the last place team. And that's the way I'm going to have it until they're not there. Um, because that's just the way it's been there. And uh, until they prove me elsewhere, done, why would I give them a spot, right? It's yeah. not like it's the Maple It's not like it's the Maple Leafs for every year they're going to win the Cup. <laughs> That'd be. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, this all right, is we... the year. This is the year. All right, Wardy, we got to move along here. Um, yeah. Number three, Brady Martin, the Waterloo Wolves Alliance Great Champions. Um, they defeat the London Junior Knights. He goes to the Sioux Greyhounds. What are they getting um, from Brady Martin elite. besides um, studliness and an elite talent? <laughs> yeah, elite talent for sure. I mean, you can put the puck in that. Um, heck of a hockey player. Um, farm boy. Get up every day, go work on the farm, go to school. And, well, that, um, that was an works. interesting quote that I heard or uh, an interesting point that I heard on draft day when, when he was taken is he doesn't really work out. He just works on farms. That's the old, like, that's the old like, school. Like, that's the old school. Bailing hay, flipping tires, like fixing tractors. Like that's the old school workout where, where you have your pasta before, uh, before games instead of this uh, bio steel stuff and protein. It's a hearty crash. steak. <laughs> it's a hearty steak in the 60s, 70s. I mean, Gordy Howe, um, you know, living up and growing up in Saskatchewan. Like, those yeah. guys, like, that's just the way it is in Canada. I love that. That's a feel good story. I mean, growing up in Bella, I see that, like, the old uh, So that's pretty neat to see uh, that story from Martin. I mean, the Kitchener Waterloo is a big farming area there. Mm-hmm. Um, right on. Right on. I mean, they're getting a heck of a player in this, too. Uh, he's going to be a workhorse for them. He's going to bring it every night. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Number four overall, Tyler Hopkins goes to the Kingston Frontenacs, a teammate of Matthew Schaefer with the Halton Hurricanes. Uh, six foot and a half. And I know for a fact that he's big on that half, as a lot of people are. Um, weighs 160. Early birthday, January 23rd, 2007. What does Kingston get? Out of him, Colin. Elite goal scoring. I mean, he scored everywhere he's been. He get, played in a couple of games with the Kilty Beats. He played good in that series against Caledonia for the Hamilton Kilty Beats in the GOJHL. Um, Hawkins can score goals. I mean, one of the top goal scorers in this draft. Uh, you knew he was going to be a top five pick. And uh, Kingston got a good one there. And Kingston got a good one also in the third round with uh, with Weir as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what Kingston can do here. They needed the big draft. I think they got that, so... We'll see what happens. But uh, Hopkins is an elite talent. That's every player is in the top down, usually. Uh, back to Niagara at the number five pick, Ethan Zada, uh, Mississauga Rebels U16 AAA, six foot 156. Uh, Niagara definitely had to hit on both of these picks, not getting Dickinson to commit last season. We know they hit on Robrick. Um, is this another hit in Zada? Yeah, you know, it's time will tell. Is that a time will tell? I mean, he's going to fill out. He's six foot, 156. So 156 is going to fill out. How many people are six foot and it doesn't fill out? I mean, he plays big. I like his game because he, he had 34 penalty minutes in 35 game trees. It's not like he's not getting it pushed around. Mm-hmm. I like that. The ice dogs need a little bit of that, quite For frankly. Sure. I mean, 
Need for somebody to play OHL below fan. the goal line and be rough below the goal line. Yeah, yeah. For any OHL fan that played that had their team play the Niagara Ice Dogs this year, one of the easiest things was once you go behind their net or you're out on the out or you're on the breakout there behind your own net. I mean, hey, it's a field day back there. Hey, set up shop. Bring, yeah. It's a beach back there. You know, get a suntan. Um, you can do whatever you want back there. I like this. I want guys to get in the corner. And when I'm down in a game that send a message, I want that out of my group. Heck, you're losing. It's not fun. Why would you want to get that all around? I love that with Zata. I think this is a good pick. All these people complaining, oh, he only had 37 points in 35 games. Well, he was over a point a game. He played in a tough GTHL for a good Mississauga Rebels team. Um, 34 pen, pins in 35 games. He has heart. Plays with character. What? What? Why not? Why not take that? Don't look at points in the top five. You're all these guys. Heck, they – I mean, this isn't a knock to anyone in the top five, but there's a very good chance that one of these players in the top five never play in the NHL. It's hard. Yeah. Maybe Zada might be the best pick out of this draft. When you look at the last pick, overall picks in the draft. Maybe Zada could be one of them. Like, it's really – like, why, what are we doing? Like, these people saying, oh, oh, you have Niagara, five out of ten in the draft. Okay, then. Good for you. Good for you. Actually, how about this? How about we actually go to an arena – Go to watch Mississauga play. Go to the OHL Cup. How about we actually do something? Do some research. I know it's hard. I know that. But how about we actually do something there? Because this is a good pick. It's a good pick. And I'm tired of these guys on social media and all over the place bashing 15-year-olds. Oh, this is a bad pick. How do you know? Like, yeah. seriously, it's hard not to laugh. And the draft is how based do you know? off of the potential. You don't base it yeah, off the player that they are now. Yeah, I love this pick. I love this pick, and everyone should love every single pick that they took in the draft. Yeah. Heck, like, what are we doing? George Diaco was an eighth-round pick. He's a so, captain of an OHL so, team. He has an OHL championship. So I'm Was just that gonna, a bad pick? So I'm just going to go back on the recent fifth overall picks. Last year, Porter Martone to the Sarnia Sting. Um, Yeah, he's turned Mississauga. out, yeah. well. With Mississauga now, but he's playing for Team Canada. At the U18s. Yeah. Had a nasty um, pass the other night. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Soto went the year before to the Kingston Frontenacs. Oh, Kingston the year before that. Oh, Paul Ludwinski. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that turned out pretty well, I'd say. Um, 2019. Hmm. Colin, you ever heard of this guy before? 5'10", 194. Um, 2019, the Peterborough Peets um, take fifth overall. Mason McTavish. Oh, okay. See, <laughs> so, see, like, like I honestly like it's kind of ridiculous when you see people judging a 15 year old that he's going to be a bust. Oh, before year, it even happens. The year before, before he plays a game. Let's like, be real. Fetty in 2018. Like, Let's be oh, the like, year before be that. Real. Niagara took Phil Tomasino the last time you so guys. How many fifth overall? You so how many it. of these guys haven't turned out? OHL careers. Ty Delandria in 2016. I'm just going to keep going. Zach Gallant in 2015. Oh, Michael McLeod 2014. So Lawson Krause 2013. Hey, hey yeah. Josh Hosang yeah, 2012. Now in so terms like, of professional, guys- probably the guy you would look at most that didn't work out but heck of a junior player yeah 
was great in Windsor. Galante, Zach Galante. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just, like, Oh, Jordan Subban. There's a name. 2011. Nice. All right, that's as far like, as I can go. So, like, all I want to say is, like, do you see anybody complaining about a pick? But a fifteen-year-old, like, are we are we serious right now? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I honestly, I can't stop laughing about it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Like, what are we doing? Pretty so bad. I on the next pick, but All come right. on. Six overall, the Oshawa Generals take Owen Griffin from the York Simcoe Express, a small guy, five nine, one forty-four. Definitely has to get bigger. Um, they. You know, you look at this a small guy, they tend to be a lot faster, of course. Um, but but for Oshawa, they're almost in the same situation. Actually, well, not probably in the same situation as Kingston, where they just have yeah. to try and flip the script and bring in start new players. Up. And yeah, you got to start trending up now. We've seen Kingston a couple of years where, you know, they haven't competed to probably at the level they've wanted to. Oshawa, the same. Um, they they just got to ch- turn the tide right now. Um, yeah, those two franchises. So, um, he goes to Oshawa seven, and we didn't think this was going to happen. Colin Ward did actually. I didn't. Um, it, with Ryerson Leanders being the goaltender, but after this was this pick was made, he you proved a pretty good point to me, Wardy. Um, which you'll explain in a second. Um, but goaltender Jack Ivankovic from the Mississauga nice Senators. Uh, goes to the Steelheads. And why do you like this pick, Colin? Because this saga has done a goaltending duo forever. Um, Ingham Ranger, uh, Ranger Bazarin, they've always done this. They have always made moves like that. They've always had a double goaltending system. You look at their team, they did their deadline. They added their forwards at the deadline. Um, that with the amount of young forwards they added in last year's draft and in this year's draft, um, at the deadline, I mean that is they what they didn't need to take a forward. They were going to have a forward in their free, top three lines. I mean, I was surprised they didn't draft a defenseman. But for what Mississauga is going to be next year, they're going to be a team that starts to trend up. And you don't want to overplay your goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. When you look at the teams that win, I mean, yeah, Godreau, Brochu, those guys are workhorses, but they cut Brochu's minutes down this year, and it worked out for him. Look how good he's playing now compared to last year in the playoffs. Compared to this year, I mean, last year he was hurt, but when you look at Brochu's, um play compared to last year's playoffs and the now it's not even close mm-hmm. um without the injury but nevertheless it still shows but that's just so james richmond's always done this and it's not a surprise i mean two young goaltenders you'll develop together um they'll make a move eventually i would imagine but when i look at this it makes perfect sense um for mississauga uh to do that so i like the pick i mean he's a good goaltender um very calm very technical around the net is a reason why he went in the top 10 um which was in a way kind of surprises when you're thinking sarnia maybe at the earliest right i think you said sarnia yeah sarnia, yeah especially because of, of godro not being back and you know yeah. again not, not a knock at any of the goaltenders they have coming up but you know, just look yeah, for, a, for a goaltender. yeah exactly um, and i just want to mention one thing i just want to mention one thing about oshawa reese with owen griffin i know i see a lot of stuff going around back at seneca and Owen Griffin playing together, well, they better get a big winger to play with those guys. They better get a big winger to play with those guys because Oshawa's a small – that's a small line, right? Um, and it's a skilled line, so you better get a guy that can clear space and carry the piano a little bit for them mm-hmm. because someone's going to have to 
carry the fine instrument because when you're playing teams in that Eastern Conference, you look at Ottawa, Dave Cameron system, you look at North Bay, big team, you look at Hamilton for that matter, with Jay McKee, big defense there. Um, it Mississauga on the come up. Those two, those teams like that, those are teams that you're going to have to be careful for, right? That you're going to have to beat to, to start to trend up. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get that big winger to play along that line because they're going to need that, I think, for protection. And it won't happen year one. I mean, Hopkins, I mean, or uh, Griffin at 5'9", 144, that's not going to happen year one. You're going to have to have a lot of development there. But it's most definitely, I think, you better get a big winger. In Mississauga, I'm surprised they didn't take a defenseman, but they can fill that out in the offseason, perhaps the import draft. Yeah. Uh, number eight overall, the first pick in the history of the Brantford Bulldogs took place in Hamilton. Um, <laughs> OHL Cup MVP Jake O'Brien, six foot 148 from the Toronto Junior Canadians. They felt like this was an absolute steal that this guy was still available at eight. Yeah, and it's funny, interim, well, soon to be non-interim general manager, Matt Turk's nephew, Jake O'Brien, and it had nothing to do with the pick at all. But Jake O'Brien's what the Bulldogs need. They need a right-handed shot, and they address that with the first two picks, um, taking a right-handed shot forwards. Uh, they need a right-handed shot. Jake O'Brien can score. Um, quick release. You watched a couple of goals from the OHL Cup that he had. I mean, winning the MVP, leading the tournament in goals um, and in points. So when you look at him, what he brings to the table, elite scoring set, um, elite skill set, uh, as well, very good defensively and uh, very good pick for the Bulldogs for sure. Um, also had a good one in the fifth round and Cooper Dennis as well. Yeah. Yeah. O'Brien, definitely the nerves were there uh, when we met oh, on Saturday yeah. morning at first Ontario yeah. Center. That uh, that first media scrum uh, that he was a part of, of course, following uh, Reed Duffy's one on one with him. Uh, you know, he, he, got, uh, he got introduced to Brantford Print Media and, of course, us two being on the Bulldogs Audio Network. So, um, the nerves are there, but uh, I think the young man's excited. They took him down to the room. That's... They gave him all his bulldog stuff, bulldog swag. So um, definitely looks excited, and his family looks it excited was... as well. Yeah, and it was cool to see the guys come in for the first time. You know, you come in, you come into the bulldog facility, and here you go, fans. You come into the bulldogs facility. You meet Jay McKee, who played the National Hockey League, and then the coaching staff. You meet GM Matt Turek, Steve Steos, and also owner. If you ever heard about Michael Anlauer, who's um, a very good owner on the Ontario Hockey League, a well-respected owner, um, also interested in the Ottawa Senators for if it's whatever it's worth. But um, it's quite the it's quite the scene that you walk into when you walk into Brant, into the Brantford facility when you have Jay McKee played the National Hockey League, had a very good NHL career. You have Matt Turek, who is your uncle. You have um, all the coaching staff there that played professional hockey. You have an Olympic gold medalist in Laura Tino. You have Michael Anlauer, an owner, and Steve Stelios. I mean, it's quite the staff that Hamilton has, so it's come, something when you walk into that in Brantford. Uh, it's something to walk into for your introduction. But Jake O'Brien, it was cool watching those guys come in to the facility and their eyes like, wow, like this is a quick turnaround. You can tell they haven't slept a lot either. So it's really nice to see uh, guys walk in and introduce themselves as well. Yeah. Well, and they got to they got to meet the one and only Reed Duffy. So. Yeah. There you go. That's a big one. Um, yeah, Reader got the high and tight haircut. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And uh, Bulldog staff pulled out the rings as well um, to show the prospects yeah. of what could be in Brantford. Yeah, Joshua so. Avery had fun with that one. Yeah. With a field did. day with that one. 
All right, number nine overall, the Sudbury Wolves, Caden Taylor, centerman, 6'2", 171. We're looking at a big dude at 15 years old. Mississauga Senators, U16. Um, The Sudbury Wolves need a spark. They need – I mean, they finished fifth, and not a lot of people had them finishing fifth. So, obviously, they're going to look to build on that. And you you kind of look at this coming season or the year after of their kind of last – chance with the core that they have before they go back to rebuilding um yeah, i would say know, this year and, and i'd say caden taylor not that he's going to be put into a top six role right away but you would have to think that they're going to want him to play a big role in that bottom six yeah absolutely they're going to have to they're going to need him in that fourth line to start the year um because Sudbury's a team that you're going to see moves i mean I don't know if Taylor's going to be a Sudbury Wolf that can become trade deadline time because Sudbury's a team that's got to make moves if they want to compete. Because, yeah, that window's closing for them, right? You got Goyette there, you have Musty there, who's entering his draft here this year. But Goyette next year, that's it for him, you know, before he's eligible for the AHL. So that team's going to start to transition a little bit. So be interesting to see what happens in, with Sudbury. But I could see that being like what Peterborough Sarnia did this year, where they're going to go all in and, hey, let's try to build something here because their window's closing. And perhaps they have one and a half years here to do it. So we'll see what happens with them. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Taylor. Very good player. Um, like that pick. They needed that 6'2 center, 171. When he fills out, you're looking at NHL type body, pro hockey body yeah. for sure. Possibly 6'3, 6'4, um, 190, 200 pound uh, center. That's nice if he can skate, right? To the Kitchener Rangers, they had the next two picks. We'll start with Cameron Reed, defenseman, 5'11", 160 from uh, from Bishop Kearney um, in yeah. the U.S. Uh, what does he bring to the table for the Kitchener Rangers? And I mean, a he team looked- that could easily be a rebuilding team next year. Um, I think that's already decided that we look at it. Um, so this is a good start, I would say. Yeah, getting two picks back-to-back here, 10-11, that definitely helps. I mean, Cameron Reed out of Elmer, Ontario, um, very good defenseman, very good skater, uh, 5'11", 160. So he could be about 180, 6'1", 6'2", in his draft year, which would be solid um, post-draft. So he's going to be good. He's going to grow a little bit. Uh, that's going to be a good player to have. I really like his game. And Luca Romano going 11th overall at a tr- or the Toronto Junior Cadence elite score. Um Kitchener hit on these picks. I mean, obviously we're going to see, time will tell, but those are two good potential picks there to have. And I really, uh, I really enjoy those picks for them. And that really, that really propels Kitchener in the right direction for this rebuild, whatever they're going to, whatever Mike McKenzie chooses to do. Mm-hmm. I believe it'll be a rebuild when you look at this roster, what they kind of have to do. Yeah. Um, when Hamilton, Hamilton well, didn't lose as many guys as Kitchener did, and they still rebuild it, I would imagine Kitchener yeah. will rebuild. Well, well and the way it sounds that Mike McKenzie is going to be hiring another head coach. Um, yeah. If, if, and he goes back into the front office. You start over with a new group of players. Okay, new-ish group of players. Obviously, you can't start with 20 new guys. but um, And then start with a new coach. See how that works out. Um, you know, clear, it's clear yeah. Mike McKenzie wants to be uh, up in the up in the press box, up watching his team from above. Hard is. Um, so yeah, new coach, new players. I I think that's a win for sure. The Kitchen Rangers, um, yep. getting Reed and Romano uh, in round number one this year. Number twelve overall, the Owen Sound attack. Nico Addy, Toronto Junior Canadians, six four, two oh four, right yeah. winger. 
Who can score? Who can score? He was really good on this junior Canadians team. I liked his game. I remember um, at the OHL Cup, he really stood out to me. And the OHL Cup finally wasn't great, but he'd be a, to admit it, he was good at the he was good for Team Ontario this year at the Winter Games. Um, really good player. Uh, Owen Sound got a guy here that once he gets more consistent, um, once he shows more consistent scoring abilities, they got a player here. Um, obviously, right away, look at six four two zero four. He's a guy you go to. War- he's the type of player when you go to warm ups, you look you look at the when you're looking at the program, right? And you see the size. It's like, oh, I got to look for that kid, right? I got to look for that number. So mm-hmm. he's just going to stick out every time. You're going to watch him in warm-ups all, right away. He's the first one that sticks out to you just because of the size. And he most definitely has the size. So it'll be interesting to see um, if he can continue the skill set as well in the Ontario Hockey League, how he adjusts. Number 13 overall to the Peterborough Peets, Carson Cameron from the Central Ontario Wolves U16. Six foot 171, a right shot defenseman about to join a Peterborough Peets team that A, is chasing a championship this year, um, but will be in full rebuild mode come August and come training camp. Um, Just another guy that seems to fit the role of what the Peets are going to have to do moving forward. Um, Definitely Gavin White going to be gone um, for the Peets, so there's one spot that automatically fills up there. Um, and not that we're looking at Carson Cameron turning into uh, a Gavin White, but, um, you know, it's a team that's going to have to find a new identity following this season. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I like the Carson Cameron pick. I think that's a good one, six foot 171, right? It's a good stature defense from that 15, 16 years old, 15 right now. Um, get a good pick, good with the puck, good two way defenseman. I mean, they got a good one here, Peterborough. Um, they need to have a good draft because they're a team that's looking has a long road ahead of them again in the rebuild. They don't win, uh, and they have a long road ahead of them. So I look for that, and I'm thinking, well, hey, um, here's an opportunity for the Peets, and uh, that's a good start for them. Some of the Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And now I did look this up, and I am still going to botch the name um, for the Guelph Storm, 14th overall. <laughs> it is. Uh, he'll make uh, enough. He'll make enough points. He'll get enough points too, though. We'll hear. It. Absolutely. Day one. Uh, and I looked it up. Um, Quinn Bochesny, defenseman, 5'10", 151, the Nepean Raiders, U18. So he's already playing against kids that are older than him. Um, which, which, talking like with, which talking with Jake O'Brien on, on Saturday at First Ontario Center, no, these players don't see it as intimidating. They're not intimidated by guys who are 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're coming into the league as 16-year-olds. It's just a challenge. Yeah. And and the yeah. fact that he's already been up against those guys, I think puts him in a great position with the Guelph Storm, um, a, a team that you know would probably look to take Kitchener's place as a contender in that division, not saying eighth place because Guelph finished higher than the Rangers in the standings this past season, but yeah. you know, to take that to take that spot of being competitive. And you know the London Knights are always going to be competitive in the Midwest Division. Um, now the Guelph Storm are looking to take a, a step well, up should be good next you know, with, with yeah. George Burnett being extended. Um, you know he's going to be on the phone a lot of times throughout the summer, I'm sure, and throughout the season leading up to the trade deadline to put his team in a position to compete for a championship. So, um, yeah, you know, a small sure. guy, small guy. He's going to play limited minutes. He's going to play a limited amount Plays of games. Big but um, I, I, I think it's it's a huge bonus to have a drafted Cam Allen. Um, helping the young guys uh, yeah, develop into uh, what the Gulf Storm want to be in a couple of years. 
Yeah, Quinn Beauchene, he may be the best offensive defenseman, too, in the draft. Uh, Beauchene's a good player, very good defenseman. He plays bigger than his size as well because playing in that U18 league, you got to be able to play physical, right? Yeah. Playing against older guys, like you mentioned. These guys aren't intimidated by that. They train with older guys all year long anyways. Um, just like the Toronto kids, right? Because a lot of the Toronto kids, the minor midget kids, when they get into their minor midget year, they're training with OHL players in Toronto. So, Boucher from Ottawa area, um, no surprise, right? Playing older kids, playing U18, um, he's ready for that. And uh, he'll be a good player for Guelph. Crestley, uh, I think with the depth they have on the fence, he'll be good deep. He'll be good year two. But he's most definitely going to be a good player for them. And I'm excited to see what can happen here with him and Guelph. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15th overall to the Flint Firebirds, Jeremy Martin, left winger, six foot 179. The Toronto Marlboros, U16. Uh, what is Flint getting? They were a team that sold at the deadline, kind of, you know, turning the roster over a little bit. Um, what, what does he bring to the table to the Firebirds? Well, you're getting, you're getting a player that can play a strong two way game, good defensively. Um, he can put the park in the net. So that's big for Flint. They need to start somewhere, right? You're going to lose an Amadeus Lombardi. You're going to lose some skill. I mean, 43 points in 32 games this year, 22 penalty minutes, clean player, um, good hockey player, um, two-way player. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Bo Horvat when Bo Horvat was that age. So that's a good pick. I mean, I was like 12 years old when Bo Horvat got drafted, 11 years old, 11 or 12 when Bo Horvat got drafted in the Ontario Hockey League. But it reminds me so similar. When I see Jeremy Martin, I see a lot of Bo Horvat. So, uh, good pick for Flint. The other team in Michigan, about to host the Memorial Cup <laughs> in 2024. I think it's uh, pretty easy to get this young man to commit for a tournament like that. Aiden Young, uh, left yeah, winger, 5'10", 160, London Junior Knight. And someone who will be put into a role to learn from a lot of veterans that will more than likely join the club midway through the year at the trade deadline. Um, but, but in terms of bringing in your first round pick in a year that you're hosting a Memorial cup. Um, okay. Sign me up for that because Aiden yeah. Young is going to learn a whole heck of a lot this season in Saginaw. Yeah. And I mean, if he sticks it out in Saginaw, right. If, don't, if the team doesn't move him as an asset to host an M cup, but the thing is, Aiden Young, I mean, if he stays put, he's going to have the same draft year as Michael Misa. So yeah. that's a, that's a big selling point, right, for guys to go to Saginaw. I'm surprised Saginaw didn't take more chances later on in the draft because of that situation, right? Hey, you know, you want to come over here and you're going to have the same draft year as Michael Misa, who's possibly going to be a top five for sure, top ten pick in the National Hockey League. So it's definitely a good selling point. They can use that as leverage. So um, good pick in Aiden Young, though. Works hard, battles. He played on that he played on that line with Weir and Rubric. Um, battled hard on that line. He was always in the corners. He was he's a good player. Um, not surprised he went fifty he went sixteenth overall. Uh seventeen, the Sarnia Sting in a spot that I thought Jack Nesbitt was gonna go to because he was still available yeah. at the time. He goes to twenty. Um, and that a lot of that has to do with him being a local guy, Lanton Jr. Sting, and and he's got the size for it for sure. Um, but the Sarnia Sting take Ryan Brown, 5'9", 151, a guy that'll have to definitely fill out in the next couple of years, and he will. You expect him to get over that six-foot mark, you know, by at least the end of year two, middle of year two. Um, yeah, just, again, Sarnia is going to be rebuilding after this year. They yeah. bought for this year, a team that, you know, and you look at all well, these players that are going to go into this situation. That's just, op- you know, opportunity. 
great opportunity. You're going to be on a team that might not be as strong, but you're going to play a whole heck of a lot more than a team that's going for a championship, as in, you know, Aiden Young with the Saginaw Spear, right? If you're on the Sarnia Sting, you're going to play a lot of minutes, even being a rookie. 100%. They got a good player there, you know, as well, and Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown, I mean, played on a really good York Simcoe team, 67 points in 34 games this year. Um, 33 goals, that is, in 34 games as well. Um, elite skill set. They got a good player. York Simcoe is really good this year. Um, they competed for the Red Hats, didn't win the OMHA, but they were, uh, they're definitely a powerhouse to be reckoned with. Um, I really like that program in York Simcoe. They had a lot of good guys out there, um, in the draft, and Ryan Brown's one of them. Uh, very good player. Next, we go to London. The Toronto Marlboros <laughs> committed to the States, to the development program. Uh, William Moore, 6'3", 160 centerman. If he comes to London, watch out. Yeah, look, Their yeah, young look group will just add with William Moore. It will just get so much better with William Moore. Yeah, I 100% agreed, Reese. Um, very good player, William Moore, his elite skill set, um, very talented two-way guy if they can get him. I mean, London hasn't been too great on getting guys um, mm-hmm. lately, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get him. Their work's cut out for him because I don't know if that London if that London vibe back, right? Oh, London night. I don't know if that's still there, so we'll see. But London most definitely got a player. If they can get him there, most definitely got a top five pick in this year's draft. Number 19, the Barry Colts select Shamar Moses, the Don Mills Flyers U16 AAA. He's 6'1, 209. Going to step into a team that, again, whether they rebuild or not, they'll still be competitive. Um, but I, you know, one coach that I definitely want to go to as a rookie is Marty Williamson. Um, I've been yeah. a fan of his, as a lot of people know. So, uh, what are the Colts getting in Moses? Big right winger up and down the wing, good skill set. 209, right? 6'1, 209, high skill set. Um, good hockey player. Uh, he's going to get points as well. Um, so he's got that body type, right? I can see him having a good rookie season. He's got the body type. Mm-hmm. Number 20, the next Curtis Douglas. I mean, um, <laughs> Jack Nesbitt going to the Windsor Spitfires, 6'4, yeah. 165. As I mentioned before, from the Lampton Junior Sting. Um, just a big dude that, you know, whether or not he turns out to be Curtis Douglas, where you park him at the front of the net, at the side of the net, where he's going to clean up garbage, tip pucks from the point, you know, just picking up rebounds. I think, I think Windsor would be looking sort of for a role like that. Again, the first round exit being the first ever one seed to be swept by the eighth seed. Um, you know, Mark Savard is, is a tough guy. He's known to be in dirty areas of the ice. Does he use Jack Nesbitt as that guy? I mean, there's a lot more skill than you would think usually for a big guy. At that, but, that age. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what role the Windsor Spitfires put him in and try to develop him in. Oh, 100 percent agree, Reese. I mean, Nesbitt was a heck of a player. I got to see him play a lot last year as well. Um, very good player. He's big, he's strong, a good two-way center, a lot like Josh Anderson um was in junior. Uh Nesbitt. It'll be interesting to see how physical he plays at the yes. interactive level. I mean, he's gonna he's obviously gonna draw physicality at six four, but I mean, he's gotta get bigger one sixty five. Um, it's a little length there, but once he fills out, look out. Um, he'll be a heck of a player. Particularly Windsor Spitfire. Windsor always likes those big guys like yeah. that that can play around the net. He's one of them. Yeah. Uh, Carter Kostich, 
the next guy to go to the North Bay Battalion, 5'10", 148 uh, out of the Vaughn Kings, North Bay, going to be rebuilding next year for sure. Um, what, what do they get from him? You know, you're going to get play. He played in the OJ a little bit this year as well at the end of the year. 59 points in 56 games this year. Um, for Vaughn, get OHL Cup. And it's going to be fun to see what he can do at the next level. I mean, get one for North Bay. Protocol North Bay pick, right? Play good in the system. Play good. Little hand likes mm-hmm. those guys. 50 penalty minutes as well in 56 games. So, plays big, physical. Um, Protocol North Bay Battalion, right? You want big, physical uh, forwards in North Bay. They've always have had that guy. And he's another one. And finally, number 22, a guy that we thought would go 12 or 11 picks earlier uh, to the Kitchener Rangers to play with his brother. But Henry Brustevich goes to the Ottawa 67s from the North Jersey Avalanche. Still one of the best names out it's- there for youth hockey. Um, six foot 201, a defenseman that I think you could put into the middle pairing by the middle of the season and he's going to have a big impact on the blue line. Now, of course, this is dependent on any moves Ottawa makes. They will still be competitive next year. You expect them to go after an OHL championship again next year. Ottawa's so, going to be deep, yeah. Yeah, so obviously it depends on on how they're built, but I think, you know, the the way that if they're able to develop them the right way middle of the season, I put them on that second pairing. Um in Ottawa. I think he's good enough to do that. If we see him develop well enough in the first half of the season. And again, he could be a trade piece for the Ottawa 67s. We don't know. We're talking, you know, what, eight months, 10 months away from, from a trade deadline in the 2023, 2024 season. You know, there is always that option, of course, but you know, it feels like Brustevich is, is going to be a very high impact player. And I yeah. mean, at, at 22, I'd say that's uh, that's going to work out well for the 67s. Yeah, excellent value for the 67s for sure. I mean, really good, really good skater. One of the best skaters in this draft. Um, big, skilled, gonna, probably going to be a commit. I don't know. It's interesting, right? Kitchener passes on him. And I don't know if that's a situation there. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, they like, they just, maybe they just like read better. So we'll see what happens there. But, Great pick. Um, good skater, good with the puck, um, good poise. Uh, I like the player. Hopefully he can come over. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've gone through the first round, Colin, 22 picks, and we've got about five minutes left to go until we finish out this hour-long segment number three. Um, top three teams from the draft. Who do you think drafted well? Ooh, it's tough to tell. I mean, honestly, I don't really have a pick right now. It's too close. Um, no commitments yet. It's hard to give a pick. Um, teams that did well, I mean, I like what Niagara did because they're going to get commitments. They got something there. Yeah. So, but I'm going to go Erie, Erie three, um, Kitchener two. And again, we're basing this off of the potential these players have, not what they actually yeah. are, of course. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to go Guelph one. I like Guelph's draft. I really like Guelph's draft. Um, I loved, uh, I loved what Erie did and I loved what, uh, I love all the pet. I love what Kitchener did. I mean, Kitchener needed to do that for what they for what they brought to the table. Um, I really like Kitchener's draft. I really like Guelphs, and I really like Erie. So I'm gonna go those three. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on all of those three, but I'm gonna give an honorable mention, and I mean, no bias whatsoever. Um, but but the Brantford Bulldogs. Um, you, you get O'Brien, the OHL Cup MVP, as your first pick. Uh, Dylan Tashurna. Uh, coming as well. You get a couple of guys who played together 
um, in Peterborough. And we're talking about uh, uh, Ben Radley and uh, Josh Avery. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking at a local guy for you, Colin. Of course, I got to mention this out. Big Norfolk guy. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Cam Hank, guy who played in Hamilton, worn Bulldogs colors. So that won't change. Yeah, tough junior Bulldogs team as well, though. They yeah. played on. He did pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's easy to like the Bulldogs. And from being in the offices, being in the room, of course, you're going to expect them to be. Uh, yeah, happy I just didn't match about their draft, but uh, yeah, you know, I think the big one is six sixth round, one hundred ninth overall. If Cooper Dennis comes to town, um, well, I <laughs> I think there's a chance we boost them up near the top um, in a couple of years. So, uh, absolutely. yeah, again, overall, we'll put a wrap on the weekend here. Put a wrap on the show. Uh, it was it was a good weekend overall. It was a nice way to start it off uh, with uh, Matthew Schaefer being introduced to the Erie Otters media, Erie Otters fans, um, and team in general. I know there were a couple of current players from the Otters uh, at that announcement. So, you know, shout out to them. And, of course, rounds one through three on Friday night, um, putting the spotlight on those top three rounds and then, you know, getting yeah. four through 15 done. We were done around one o'clock. I think it was four hours. Um, yeah. for those 11, 12 rounds on Saturday. So just overall, again, one of the weekends that you look at and you, you get excited for in the OHL calendar. Again, it's unfortunate that it's during playoffs, but uh, that, that's just the way it goes, right? The OHL priority selection. It's always, it's always a fun time, right? When you can step aside from what's going on on the ice and look at what the future yeah. of each team is going to be. So Yeah, yeah, you know, take a step back and enjoy it. Yeah, um, Enjoy the weekend. Absolutely. So that'll wrap for our OHL priority selection show. Um, if you like the picks your team made, let us know. Um, let us know who you cheer for. Let us know um, how you look at your team's future. I mean, of course, you have to be positive. New draft class. There's always reasons to or any questions positive, on so. players as well. Yeah, any questions absolutely. On players as well. Yeah, reach out at the OHL and 60 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Shoot us a message. Um, if you have any questions for sure, but that'll wrap it. We went long, but the OHL priority selection specials always go long. That's for sure. So until next week, everybody enjoy what's left of round two and round three is going to get underway. Um, London Sarnia Friday night at the bud. If there are tickets available and yeah, you're near are. the area, um, you should go, but uh, I'm sure those will sell pretty quickly with Sarnia and London playing each other. So um, enjoy the playoffs, everybody. Enjoy the draft recap, and we will chat again in seven days.